All right, this is week three, week three of the Bad Dake Podcast presented by Dunderhead Sports. But this is episode four, right? Am I am I missing something? It's week three of college football, but it's episode four. Thank you. All right, thank you guys for the the confirmation. Uh, shout out to the USA. Uh, 100% of our listeners are from the USA, so I appreciate everybody everybody listening here. Um, we're just going to get right into what I believe is is the biggest – Story from the weekend, uh, guys. Can I can I be the one to say it, or does somebody else want to say it? You got it. Texas is officially back. Can I just? I, I don't want to. I don't want to toot my own horn here. I consider myself a humble guy. I love to not talk about all the things that I'm right about. But who who has been right about this for the last ooh for at least a month now that that <laughs> Texas is back, guys? What what did uh, what do we think about that game? They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. 34 to 24. It's wild. I mean, it felt like they kind of dominated, even though the mm-hmm. score wasn't that far out. It just seemed they were, like they were a lot more physical. Which what I, what I think you see from a lot of these teams that are actual like national championship contenders is they win the battle at the line of scrimmage. And you could see from the get go that Al or excuse me, Texas on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line, which is better than Alabama. That's surprising. That doesn't happen against Alabama usually, but Texas finally was able to do it. It was strange to see Alabama look like the less talented and like physical team. I just couldn't envision in my head. I know you could because you're a visionary, but I couldn't envision in my head before this game, Texas going into Alabama and winning a game. But it's not necessarily just that they won. It's how they did it. They looked just so much better than Alabama. It was a 10-point game, but somehow it felt worse. Sarkeesian outcoach Nick Saban, I mean, he called one of the best offensive games I've ever seen in my life against Alabama. Dude did a great job. And it's just funny that two years ago, really a similar situation, a lot smaller environment, obviously. But Texas, with Steve Sarkeesian, rolls into Arkansas – week two with a little bit of hype surrounding them and they get embarrassed by an sec team and that was obviously a wake-up call for them because two two years later look at them going on the road to beat a better sec team in alabama and they look like the better team i i think paul paul feinbaum the paul feinbaum show tomorrow is going to be must listen to radio can we just imagine what the what the callers from alabama are going to be like do you think they're going to be calling for nick saban's head I think we're going to hear just angry fans all around the conference because, number one, I mean, you're going to hear it from Bama fans, first of all. They just lost to freaking Texas. But second of all, I mean, the SEC right now is, I believe, three and seven against Power Five teams. And your three wins are Virginia, Virginia, who just lost to James Madison. You beat Cal. Auburn squeaked by Cal. They had to score at the end to win that one. We'll talk about it in a second. Who is the other win? It should be Arizona. Arizona last night. In double Those overtime, are your right? three. It was just over. It was at least one overtime, I think. Uh, they beat them 24-17 yeah. in one overtime. One overtime. All but right. if you're the SEC, those are your three power five wins that you're holding on to in your back pocket. That's not very strong. Hey, yet again, Mississippi State has to carry the back of the SEC. We've seen it before, and we're seeing it again for sure. Another team that I'm not going to say is back, guys, but – Definitely statement win against Texas A&M. Miami, Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes uh, pulled that out. Do we think that Miami is a legitimate ACC contender, or is A&M 
just had a little bit too much hype coming into this game with Bobby Petrino as the new offensive coordinator and how they looked against a bad New Mexico State or New Mexico. I can't remember exactly what team it was week one. I think that they're a contender in the ACC. Mainly, I think the ACC doesn't have – I mean, maybe it's Florida State. But, like, other than that, I feel like everybody can beat everybody right now. You're like, exactly. Clemson is beatable, as we've seen. Clemson just won a game and got knocked out of the top 25. North Carolina on there as well. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can win this conference. Duke? Duke anybody? I'm glad you're you're waving the Duke flag, Ethan. Uh, Duke Duke is definitely a a team to watch out for. Wake Forest just beat Vandy by 16. Come on now. That's the same Vandy team that beat Hawaii. You know what they say about Hawaii football, one one of the giants of the NCAA. And that game, by the way, Wake Forest Vanderbilt started at 10 a.m. Central time, which is an insane time to start a game. And it only went for about two minutes before a rain delay happened. So Vanderbilt is always playing at the weirdest times against the weirdest teams. <laughs> Miami's better than they have been in a long time. Last couple of years, they would usually lose that game, but they finally beat a good team in A&M. And so, again, you saw they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and just looked like the, the more physical team against A&M. So Mario Cristobal, good job. Very excited for that one. We're going to have Isaiah Newburn on later to talk about uh, his Miami fandom and where, where they're at right now. Ole Miss-Tulane, all-time uniform matchup. Fun game, too. Ole Miss ended up winning 37-20, to 20, I believe. But that's, that game was a lot closer than the score uh, was indicative of. And that was with – got to give credit to Tulane here, guys – with a backup quarterback. Their main quarterback was out. So kudos to Tulane. Beautiful looking game. Melon thought was that Tulane's uniforms literally look just like Ole Miss's powder blues, but if you yeah. put green in there instead of red, I mean I it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. But yeah, no credit to them. I think that score was like 37-20, but it was way closer than that. I think there was like a defensive score under like four minutes. Right. and Ole Miss had just created a little bit of separation. It was yeah, that was a score that really didn't tell the whole story of the game. Tulane played a great game. You know, Lane Kiffin, the gambler, I don't know if you guys saw this at the end, but he went for it on fourth and one, and they it was, they got a false start, and Tulane actually, like, tackled him for a loss on that play. Would have gotten the ball back, but they called a false start, so he had to actually kick a field goal, right? Was that what it was? Instead of losing the, the possession on downs. And so he actually got three points out of it, and then they got, a, they got a scoop and score out of it as well. So Lane Kiffin uh, – Gambled a little too much, but it, it worked out for him. Going back to that Auburn game, Auburn went to California. Auburn played Cal Berkeley at 10.30 p.m. start time, won 14 to 10. Hear this stat, though, from Bill Barnwell. Yeah, in the last four seasons, teams that turned the ball over four times and failed to record 15 first downs have lost 65 out of 66 games. Auburn did that, and they won. That was one of the ugliest games you could probably play. Uh, Auburn does not look good. Cal is okay, but Auburn, I think, is going to be the bottom of the SEC West. Uh, Pac-12 is still, though, regardless of Cal losing. Pac-12 is cruising. USC, by the way, still doing incredible stuff on the Pac-12 network. Do you know they have a horse named Traveler that they send out after they after they score, and he just kind of runs around for a bit? They scored so much that Traveler was too tired, so they, they did not bring him out for the second half because he was too tired. Does anybody want to give us our Biff Poggi update? Well, Biff had him on the ropes for a while, uh, Maryland, but they couldn't hold on, unfortunately. Yeah, they were up uh, two scores at halftime, something like that, and ended up losing 38-14. 30 
But yeah, he was wearing was he wearing a cutoff? Was he just wearing a tank top for that game? Yeah, he does that every game, I thought. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I you know, I've been saying the I've been I guess like uh promoting Biff Pogey a lot, obviously, but I've never actually watched a single play of the Charlotte 49ers. <laughs> I probably should, but it happens, you know. Uh do we need to take Kansas seriously? I think so. I think that I think Lance Leipold is such a good coach, and now Kansas is pretty confident, and the Big 12 is wild as it is. So, I mean, besides Texas, nobody's that scary. I mean, maybe Oklahoma, but they haven't played anybody great yet. They, I mean, they've State. State, which is the worst team I've ever seen in my life. So I've bought into Kansas State. I think Kansas State is legit. They kind of had a close game like they weren't expecting against Troy. And they did what you're supposed to do. Where yeah. They went into halftime and a close game, and they just blew this team out in the second half because they made adjustments. I think like it was like, I don't know what the score was at halftime, maybe like 17-14 or something close, and they won like 63 to I think 20 or something. I don't know. Yeah, they uh, they blew the doors off in the second half. But Kansas State's going to be good. Kansas State is tough. That's a very good matchup, I think, against Missouri this weekend. Probably the arguably the best game of the, the week, honestly. It's not a great week for football. As far as yeah, I would, I would say about Troy as well. They were picked preseason number one in their division. So very good Sunbelt team. Toledo, a little Maction update for you guys. Toledo put up 71 points against Texas Southern. Usually you don't see a Mac team, you know, a smaller mid-major team put up 71 points against a team, but kudos to them. Akron, did you guys see this? The Zips, they have a turnover tire. Do you guys agree with me that that's the dumbest turnover gimmick? I mean, Deion Sanders brought out the the turnover throne, so that's cooler. You think so, (laughs) honey? Would you, honey? Let's let's talk about this for a second. Would you rather have a tire go around your neck when you commit a turnover, or sit on a throne? (laughs) I feel like I should pick the throne every time. (laughs) What I'm gonna say is we are right now talking about the Akron Zips, which means mission accomplished for whatever they're trying to do because there's no other reason we would ever talk about Akron. You got me there. Pretty good point. <laughs> Shout out to the marketing team over there at the Akron football team. That's cool. But yeah, they literally just put a tire around a guy's neck. Um, it's got to be heavy, too, would be my guess. Who knows? I think but, it was two. Was it two tires? It two tires? That's just nuts at that point. Cade, can you give us a Liberty update? I can. All right. You know how I was for the clock rule and I was against the clock rule? Are you well, I, keep swinging, I keep swinging back and forth. You know why? Why? Because Liberty had a 17-play, nine-minute drive that ended in a touchdown to open the third quarter, and it was beautiful. Oh, my And our God. offensive coordinator tweeted out after the game about that drive. He said, it's poetry. It's and you know what? I think I have to agree. But yeah, the Flames won 33 to 17, 1-0 in conference play. First conference win since moving to FBS because we weren't in a conference. On the note of that clock thing, though, I'm I'm with you. I kind of go back and forth, but I hated I don't know if I hated or like watching Alabama with seven minutes, six minutes left down by 10, but with Texas the ball because of that rule, it felt like it was it felt like there was no chance for Alabama to get back in the game. It, I don't know. It's like in the past. I mean, it doesn't change too much, but it just like kind of felt like Texas was killing them with slow death. 
yeah, you guys are fiends <laughs> for liking that that clock at all. It's a terrible, terrible part of the game. I, I'm very upset. Going to sign a petition sent to the NCAA. Uh, guys, Colorado, how are we feeling about the Buffs right now? I feel like I just have to give credit to a team that I have given no credit to in the initial few podcasts. Because uh, honestly, I thought Nebraska was going to win. <laughs> and then I saw like one of the worst quarterbacks – since since Arkansas, I guess, played like eight quarterbacks. In season. <laughs> but they stuck with him, and he was awful. Gus Johnson, I don't know if you heard him during the broadcast, but literally called out Jeff Sims and said that Coach Matt Rule needs to take him out because he's playing terrible. I've never heard a I've never heard a, a broadcaster, not even the color commentary guy, the play-by-play guy, Gus Johnson, called out the quarterback for terrible play, and then two plays later he threw an interception. So... He was right on the money, Gus Johnson. Uh, Kate, I, I'm with you. I I really did not think Colorado was going to start off well. Uh, it was just unprecedented, right? Like, even if you see the the Vegas odds for what their games have been, you know, they were 20-point underdogs at TCU, three-point favorites to Nebraska, blew them out of the water. Uh, so they've, they've covered and won both games. This is impressive. This is impressive what Colorado is doing right now. And they're they're fun. They got a lot of – I mean, I think Wu-Tang Clan was at the game. Like, has Wu-Tang Clan ever been to Boulder, Colorado ever? Probably not, but they are now. Michael Irvin was there. Like, they've got stars there in Boulder, Colorado. And I was telling Ethan, I was like, I don't think I've ever actually, before yesterday, Saturday's game against Nebraska, I don't think I've ever watched a full four quarters of a Colorado game in my life. And so this this is fun. Colorado football, buy stock now. I think that they actually kind of intimidate the other team just with all the hype right now. I get it. It's Nebraska. I think we all expected a closer game than that. It, they look so rattled. But buy stock in Colorado right now, buy stock in the Pac-12 only for this year. They, they won't exist beyond that. But buy stock now because that conference has eight teams in the latest top 25, which, I mean, who would have thought that, like, your top 25 right now, you have Colorado – Washington State, UCLA, and uh, Oregon State are like, those are just four teams that you're not used to seeing in there. Pac-12 is the best conference in the nation right now, and I'll stand by that. Man, what a swan song this year here in the here in the Pac-12. Can we talk about how the, the Pac-12, Washington State, and Oregon State are suing the conference? Yes. To get the, I guess the, the the leadership rights I don't know what it's exactly called but basically get control how wild would it be if they just declare themselves the only teams eligible for the conference championship that's what I hope happens that'd be hilarious. that'd be incredible because that that's, that's right because technically they're the only two teams that still could have power right which the only two teams left they would declare themselves the only two teams eligible for the Pac-12 championship this year. That would be the most fun thing to ever happen. Oh, I'm rooting for it now, man. Yeah. Even if they – yeah, I mean, those are two good teams regardless. But, yeah, Oregon State, Washington State, automatic conference championship would be so fun. Man, what a weird what a weird year of college football it's going to be. You're right about buy stock in the Pac-12, Ethan. Buy stock. But when do we short it? When are we going to short it? That's the question. Not just for the Pac-12, but for these individual teams. Because I know these Pac-12 teams, man. I know these Pac-12 teams. They're going to lose a game that they shouldn't. So when do we short it? The weird thing is it feels like the SEC this year where I'm like looking at these teams' schedules. I'm like, oh, they're just going to cannibalize each other. 
But yeah. like they've taken they've taken care of business in the non conference to where you're like, well, what do you do at the end of the year whenever you have a one or a one loss strong Pac twelve team, one or two of them? Like, do you throw two of them in there because you're really going to hold it against Colorado? I mean, Colorado, I don't think will end the year with one loss. But what if they do? What if they only lose to like USC? You got to throw them in there. It's going to be fun to see how that that turns out. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Can the world handle two Pac-12 teams in the college football playoff? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Shaking in my boots at the, at the thought of it. What about an all-Pac-12 playoff? Oh, my Oh my gosh. Washington State or Oregon State or one of them just because they're the Pac-12 champion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be good. But, hey, game day. Game day is going to be at Boulder for Colorado State versus Colorado. Uh, we were talking about they're not. there's not a lot of good matchups. Colorado is like a 24-and-a-half point favorite. And so <laughs> – that's where they're going for for game day. Uh, fun fact, though, about Colorado State, they have a guy named Hidetora Hanada on their team. He is a world champion heavyweight sumo wrestler, 2022 heavyweight champion of the world. How about that? And now he's playing football. So we're going to see a lot of him. I got that story from Nick Rothschild of Denver 7 News. Kate, would you ever want to be a sumo wrestler? I would gain, not. Gain 180 pounds? That'd be an uncomfortable line of work. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. You ready to go? You good to go? Give me one second. I need you at your best for this, so whatever you (laughs) All right. All right. This week's guest picker, we have Isaiah Newburn. Isaiah, how are you doing, man? Doing good. What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, I want to get right into the the thick of it here with you. You're a big Miami fan. This time. You're coming off – Probably the, the biggest win in years, probably since that Notre Dame game, what, five, six years ago, whenever that was. How are you feeling right now as a Miami fan? This is probably the best I've felt since that Notre Dame game. I actually had homecoming the night of the Notre Dame game, and I remember telling my parents, I'm not going. I'm not going to homecoming. And they actually forced me to go to homecoming. And I streamed it in the middle of the dance floor and watched it. And I kept on jumping up and down and yelling. And everybody thought that I was just really excited to be at homecoming. But no, the U was back just for us to lose like two weeks later and then get stomped out by Clemson. But this feels different. This feels extremely different. The most important win in a long time. Um, Did you have a date to that dance? I'm just curious. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, he should good call. Good call you into that. Barely talked to her. I am very sorry, Sophia Gomez. I was focused. Hey man, I've been there. You know, there were Arkansas, I remember one homecoming, Arkansas played Tennessee, and it was our first road win in like four or five years. And I remember that more than I remember the actual dance. Sorry to whoever I took to that dance. I apologize as well. But it happens, man. It happens. So I got five games for you to pick. Your first game, Isaiah, Kansas State at Missouri. Who do you like in this one? Kansas State. This is the biggest barbecue chicken. I know, I know this is like who's going to win, but I, I am just so dumbfounded at this line. The line is Kansas State is favored by like four and a half points. Yeah. What They're are we talking about? Missouri drinks getting players. That's what they say. But who knows, man? I, I'm with you. Just, just ridiculous. Missouri just struggled against Middle Tennessee State. 
and Kansas State has been running through this season so far. I think that they've won their last two games by a combined like seventy points. Yeah, and people are saying Troy is not a bad team, so they they look pretty good against them. Handled them easily. Yeah, that that was supposed to be the hot pick of last week was Troy, which you could put current day Lamar Jackson and Jamar Chase and Aaron Donald on Troy, and I'm not picking them to be roast beef university. <laughs> and so that was a super obvious. I hammered, hammered that, 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 that spread last week. I mean, that was ridiculous. And I, I don't know why Vegas is underrating Kansas state so much this year. So yeah, Kansas state, easy money. I agree with you there. Uh, I just want to go on record, though, and say if Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, and Aaron Donald were on Troy, I would have them beating Roast Beef University. (laughs) I'm going to put that on the record there. Uh, Your next game, this one's going to be interesting, too. We got LSU at Mississippi State. It's 11 a.m. kickoff in Starkville. Who do you like? LSU. This Mississippi State QB is going to have to show me. I'm going to have to see him through it. The first game, he threw the ball like 17 times. Second game, he threw it under 30. That, that was a close game, too, last game against Arizona. LSU was coming off of a super embarrassing loss in week one. They won by, like, 200 last week. And that's the thing about the SEC. You know what I'm saying? I, I, as a Miami fan, I've seen this happen a thousand times where if you play in the ACC, you have genuinely one and maybe two two chances to show that you can beat a good team. And so that's what happens in Miami is they'll lose a game against North Carolina or something in week three or four and give up on the rest of the season because they know that they're not going to contend for a national championship. When you're in the SEC, if you lose a game in the first four weeks, it really doesn't matter as long as you come back because you're going to play about four to five other ranked teams. I don't, I don't see LSU just, like, laying down for the rest of the season just because they lost against a team that's probably top five team in the nation and will end a top five team in the nation until Miami beats them. <laughs> so, yeah, I have LSU in a route. I, I think LSU wins pretty handedly. Yeah, I like that pick. And, you know, same thing happened with LSU last year. They lost to Florida State and ended up making the SEC championship. Next up, we got Minnesota at North Carolina, a little Big Ten ACC matchup. I got North Carolina in this one. It's at North Carolina. That probably helps. Yeah, it's at North Carolina. Clemson losing the way that they did and showing how terrible they are, like probably the worst team in all of sports, professional or collegiate. Really? Uh, Yeah, probably the worst team ever assembled, honestly. That has opened – the gates of hell in the ACC. And I think that a lot of these teams are about to start watering at the mouth at the chance to finally dethrone Clemson, which, you know, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. It's the been a long thing, time. Though, like, there a lot of these teams, like you're saying, are looking to dethrone Clemson, but it's just Florida State again. That's who's doing it, you know? <laughs> a team who's won the national yeah. championship recently, you know, it's just flip-flopping once more. Yeah. And North Carolina is is really a four-man race. You can't put Clemson out of it. You still have Miami, who just came off of a super impressive win against A&M, North Carolina, and Florida State, 
and North Carolina knows that they can't really give up any of these games. I don't think that Drake May has really been activated yet. And this Minnesota offense is uninspiring, to say the least. They put up 13 against Nebraska just for Colorado, who's all, you know, Colorado's a very good team, but Colorado put up 36 against them guys last week. You know, they only put up 25 against Eastern Michigan. I have a hard time seeing them hold North Carolina, who has the new and improved run game now. You know, probably the best run game since Javante Williams and uh, who, the other guy that put up 200 against Miami, whatever. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing them stop North Carolina. Next up, we got Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee is not one in the swamp in like 20 years, I think, somewhere around there. So who do you like in this one? I got to go with Tennessee. I'm a, I'm a Milton guy myself. Oh, he rocks. I love watching Milton play. Just throwing 85-yard bombs like it's nothing. Oh, yeah, like it's nothing. Not even moving his hips, just kind of flicking his <laughs> finger. You know what I'm saying? I think he's, he might be the best pro prospect besides Caleb and, and Penix. You know, I, I like him better than Drake May. But this Florida team is uninspiring, to say the least. I think that's something that wasn't really even taken into account last year was I know you don't watch much NFL but Anthony Richardson looked amazing last week how this guy who's probably the greatest athletic prospect at quarterback just based on pure athleticism since Cam Newton probably second all time to Cam honestly just to be that big and that strong and to have that arm power when he's running the offense last year for it to be that sorry you come into this year and you certainly do not have an Anthony Richardson back there, and you can see the stark difference. I don't like the coach, Napier. I I think he's terrible. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee. I think I think they put Florida down pretty pretty handily. Man, what did what did Billy do to you, man? What did Billy do to you? Just terrible. Weird looking guy, you know, just just really offsetting. Would would not have him over for dinner. Uh, <laughs> I seem like a cool guy to have drinks with. This is not a fan. Just staying away from Billy Napier. All right, your last game to pick from. It's it is Arkansas. We had to throw it in there. BYU at Arkansas. Who do you like in this one? The spread, by the way, is getting smaller and smaller as the game gets closer. I gotta go with Arkansas. Thank you. At home, another one of the teams. I, I think they're about to get activated. You know, it's just something about. Seeing an in-conference rival lose like that to where it just kind of activates like, oh, my God, like if there was ever a year. And that's where you have to be with Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, if there was ever a year, LSU just took a horrible loss week one, like a heartbreaker. Bama getting beat by double digits at home. Like if there was ever a year. For these guys to sneak in, maybe not a championship, but at least a top 10 appearance. How long do you think it's been since they've beaten Bama? Uh, I think I was six years old. Yep. 2000 year, right before Nick Saban came. Yep. Lost four out of the last five to LSU. Oh, yeah. It's been tough. I, I understand. I think we're about to find out a lot 
about the DNA of this Arkansas team coming up this week. You can't have another week like last week playing it close to these sorry teams. They've got to dominate. And I, I'm a Pittman believer, I guess. And I, I think they – I guess they win. All right. If this was you, maybe I'd feel a little bit different. In the mountains and everything, <laughs> at yeah. home, must win. Granted, different BYU team than it was last year, but they beat BYU on the road last year. They were pretty good doing it too. So I'm glad for your 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 sort of uh, glass half full Arkansas pick there. I like it, or glass half empty, I should say. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean they stink. You know, they're not they're not very. <laughs> but this is probably this is the best year of college. I'm not just saying this because Miami beat A and M. This is the best year of college football. I mean, what what, what more could you ask for? It's Really wide open. You have teams like Colorado, you know what I'm saying, who were terrible last year. Like, these teams are, like, contenders. Texas, Elite, USC, Elite, Miami. Like, these old teams are coming back. The only, the only people that are running it is Georgia. Yeah, like, that's the thing, right? Like, Georgia is still the best team, and they really haven't been tested yet, so we don't know if there's any sort of competition that they will actually face. And they don't get tested until about week seven. What are we doing here? Playing for number two. That's what we're doing. Uh, why are they playing? Why, why are they allowed to play these 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 community colleges up until the middle of the season? So now we have no idea. These other teams are in like battles, and, and they don't get tested at all. And they're supposed to be the best team. That's the only thing that is ruining this season is that the so-called best team basically has a cakewalk up until like the last half of the season when a lot of these teams are now going to be one and two lost teams. So I, yeah, that's the only thing that's ruining this season. This is the most exciting quarterback class to come out since Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. That was an exciting year. Josh Rosen, he was elite. I I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Oh, no way. I think I saw him working at the KFC over on MLK. <laughs> I think he's a shift manager now. I'm proud of him. He's made a name for himself. <laughs> Here we go. But, uh, well, all right, man. Anything else you want to add before we, we head out? The odds on Tyler Van Dyke winning the Heisman. I think he's in the top ten now. If you want to go ahead, hop on that. Miami, I'm just saying, we played North Carolina. Carolina in a couple weeks, beatable. Florida State is going to be highly ranked. Florida State is one of those teams, you know, it it doesn't matter if we're 0-10 and they're 10-0 or vice versa. That is always going to be a close game. I kind of like our team more than Florida State. I like the roster, the offensive line, the odds for Miami to sneak into the playoffs. If you want to be a millionaire, walk with me. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll give you $3,000 to put on your phone. I think I'll do great. All right, Isaiah, appreciate you being on. No problem. Peace. Um. Yeah, let's get right into picks. And let's do the sort of speed format that we did last time. So you got like 10 seconds, 10 seconds to give your reasoning on why a team is going to win. Because I kind of liked, I liked the, the fastness of what we did last time. So let me pull up. Let me pull up these picks. Ba-da-da-da-da. And can I just say, as we get into our picks for the week, uh, somebody, somebody, the only person on the pod, can I say this, uh, picked Texas and Miami to win. So just want to 
throw that out there. One person on this pod did that. Genius, I would say. Uh, but also had also had Wisconsin and who else did I who else lost that I thought was going to win? Wisconsin and uh, oh man, I think I went. Oh, I had Nebraska like an idiot. <laughs> so you know, it all kind of evens out. So let's get into the picks. An update on the standings. Update on the standings. Ooh, I I don't have the math here, but I'm going to look it up and I will edit it into this podcast. Does that sound good? I'm pretty sure every. I, I think I got a little bit of a lead on, or I think me and Kate are tied now because he was six and two last week, but I think you went four and four this week. Okay. So I think we're tied now, but I'll, I'll figure that out. But yeah, we need to start. If everybody can text in their picks after we're done on the podcast, just so I can have a running list. So I, think I only got two games, right? You only got two games, right? <laughs> I picked Alabama, A and M, Tulane, and Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> brutal, brutal stretch there, man. Brutal stretch. Yeah. Maybe you can pick it up this week. And we're gonna start with, honestly, somebody call me out of here, but I think this is probably the best matchup of the week. I know Missouri looked bad against Middle Tennessee State, but Kansas State, Missouri, is my favorite matchup of the week. Honestly, it's not a good slate of games. Cade, who do we like in this one? I'm going Kansas State. I think MTSU got kind of robbed at the end. Not saying they would have won, but I think that that PI was ridiculous. So go Kansas State. Manhattan. I'm also going Kansas State. Kansas State has played better so far, in my opinion. Kansas State, um, every man's a wildcat. They clobbered the Tigers last year. They look just as good as last year. Missouri looks worse than last year. Give me wildcats. Ethan with our first EMA of the year. That's what I like to hear. I'm also going to go Kansas State, which means Missouri's going to win because we all just picked Kansas State to win this game. It's the curse of everybody picking the same team. I I think Kansas State is the the better team, more physical team. Missouri, I think, is going to end up being pretty good in the SEC, but Kansas State is the better team right now. LSU versus Mississippi State. Who do we like in this one, Cade? I struggled with this one, but I'm going to go Mississippi State. I believe in what Zach Arnett's doing down there, and uh, I really like Will Rogers. Even though it's not the air raid anymore, I think a superior quarterback for the Bulldogs. Yeah, this is a run-first team, which is very interesting to see, especially with Will Rogers still trying to figure that out. Honey? Uh, this one was also hard for me, um, just because I think LSU being ranked has nothing to do with how well they're they're playing. So I also went with Mississippi State, uh, just comparing stats. I'm going to go with LSU. Arizona, Mississippi State was too close for me of a game for me to go on a limb and say that I think Mississippi State's going to pull off the upset. I also like LSU in this game. Uh, they they had a bounce back. Sorry, Cade, you're shaking your head like I'm some sort of freak over here. Uh, my, I love the cowbell. I love what Zach Arnett's doing. I'm with you. I'm with you, but I do think LSU is the better team. Frowny face on the Zoom call. My My guy. What is this? What is this, your your comp two class 2020 during the COVID era of college? My goodness. Get out of here, bro. Minnesota, North Carolina, two 2-0 teams. App State gave North Carolina all they could handle last week. But again, North Carolina escaped in a win against App State. Cade, who do we like in this one? I'm going North Carolina. They have one weakness, and it's App State, and they survived. And uh, <laughs> I think they'll do a lot better versus Minnesota. I think they got a lot more firepower than Minnesota does. Everybody has an Achilles heel. Honey? 
I'm also going North Carolina. I'm going North Carolina. Uh, knowing that Minnesota almost lost to that Nebraska team totally makes me not believe them. And I'm just gonna throw this in there. I have North Carolina running the table. I was gonna say, I know, I know you're a big, you're a big North Carolina supporter this year, so you're gonna keep on the train. Oh my goodness, what do I do here? I've got eight seconds to figure this out. Why am I blanking on the coach's name for Minnesota right now? PJ Fleck. BJ yep. Fleck and the boys get it done at North Carolina. Let's go. Tennessee, Florida. Who do we like in this one? Nice little SEC rivalry game. Cade? That's firepower, as I mentioned about that. Last week, definitely Tennessee. And Florida does not look very good. Also going Tennessee. Milton the third. That's my guy. Oh, he's so cool. I love Joe. <laughs> Florida with the shocker of the week. I don't. I didn't like them before the season. I think Tennessee's overrated. This is in Florida. First time that they're going in this environment. That win over Austin P this week by Tennessee was very underwhelming. Austin P was hammered week one by like Southern Illinois and kind of hung around Tennessee into the third quarter. So that's my pick. Florida. Yeah, Tennessee only won 30 to 13 against a, an Austin P team, like you're saying. So another struggling SEC team against a non conference opponent. But I do like Tennessee in this one. I think they're going to figure it out a little bit more. Uh, Florida is, for me, sixth in the in the East. And so I think Tennessee is going to actually handle them pretty well. They're going to cover whatever that spread ends up being. Arkansas-BYU, our first Arkansas game of the year, guys. You know, we like to pick a lot of Arkansas games. We all like to pick Arkansas whenever we do it. And sometimes it turns out, a lot of times it doesn't. Cade, who do you like in this one? Uh, I'm calling the Hogs. I'm going Arkansas. I think it'll be a, actually kind of a lower scoring game, but I don't think BYU is going to be able to do much against Arkansas's defense. Going Arkansas, shocker, shocker. Um, yeah, same thing here. I mean, we haven't as a team played very well. Arkansas hasn't, but BYU's wins haven't been phenomenal either. So, go Hogs, Ethan. BYU's defense has improved from a year ago whenever Arkansas, I think, scored 52 on them. But Arkansas's offense seems to me it might have taken a little bit of a step back. I think it's going to be close into the third quarter, but Arkansas gets some separation, kind of like last year's game, um, but just a little lower scoring. Well, BYU's going to win this game because I also have Arkansas beating BYU. So we've all picked the Hogs. We're all going to get – People telling us why have you why are you picking the hogs? Because every time you do that, they lose. Bo Russell is out there somewhere listening to this, and he's going to be very upset. But yeah, I think Arkansas is the better team. They got the better quarterback, and I I think they're the more physical team. So we'll see what happens. Keaton Slovis though is the quarterback at BYU now. I've heard that name for like seems like eight years now, just making his way through the the country as a college football quarterback. So we'll see what USC USC Pitt BYU. I think it's those three, but literally, he's like man's been around the country. Like, yeah, he's like the ninth all-time passer at USC, which I don't know. That's just kind of wild to me. Yeah, it is. But they have Caleb Williams now. He's still throwing balls on frozen ropes over there. I mean, it's incredible what he's doing over at, at USC. So, all right, guys, good episode. Feeling good about it. I'll edit it up. And oh, and look at this. Right as we're getting the alert that we're running out of time. So. Everything is all right in the world. Anything, final thoughts that people want to say heading into the week three of college football? Incredible. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. We will see you later.